Justin? Come here, you two. Come here. Come up here so everybody can see you. Just a couple questions for you this morning. As we good morning, everybody. Tell everybody good morning. Good morning. Good morning. They're excited. You see, this one's usually bouncing around, and this one has not too far behind them. You're a little bit less the bouncy as you get older. But anyway, uh, what? Let me ask you guys. What is special about today? Today is Mother's Day. Mother's today. Day. Mother's Day. Day. I gotta show you this. Look how this boy dressed today. In 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 house, I I asked him. I said, "Why, why are you so looking so sharp?" And he just says, "It is Sunday. It is Sunday. Sunday is the day that Laner wants to look sharp. Is that right?" He's watching himself. The camera's over here. See, all the people are in the camera. So what's the camera? Anyway, okay. So, what what should you be doing today on Mother's Day? Letting your mom the card do anything do, she wants. Do, okay, let mom do whatever she wants. So far, so good, Annie? Yeah. Okay, Annie said, yeah. So what? And you said something about a card. Did you get mom a card? Yeah. Did you? Good job. Good job. Okay, let me ask you. Now, this is an important question. Now, just be serious with me, okay? Is is this a good day? I mean, do you think it's a good thing to, to, to be honoring of moms? Yes. Yeah. That was pretty quick. Okay, you didn't have to think about that. So, so th it is good that we have at least one day out of 365 that we're going to say mom you are special and that only that one day right do you think we ought to do more than that nah, yeah yeah nah, yeah <laughs> well at least this day this day we can celebrate and i want you guys to help me by telling all the moms see there's all kinds of moms out there who you guys love and and today your special day for giving your mom love but i want you guys to help me to tell all the ladies out there we got a lot of great ladies who are watching today who are wonderful mothers can you guys help me tell them happy mother's day one happy. no you gotta listen to me one two three happy, happy mother's, mother's day, day everyone, all right black linda black linda okay <laughs> well, what about pink linda? all right <laughs> all right there you go thank you guys do you just want to stay and help me preach this morning? Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, get All right. We'll get see you guys. Out. Maybe some other time. All right. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I was thinking this morning as we're in Daniel, our series just called Daniel, um, uh, that that the four young men we've been talking about, you know who they are. Jewish names are Daniel, uh, Hananiah, uh, Mishael, and, Azari and Azariah. And then there are the Babylonian names, Belteshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, they had moms. And, and I, 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 they're, they're not mentioned anywhere in Daniel, but I, I look at the devotion and the commitment in the four young men, and that came from somewhere. And uh, a lot of times, uh, some, some of the, the strongest individuals that I know, especially in their youth, come from families whose moms were dedicated and, and very focused upon God, loving God, and their, uh, their children had the opportunity to watch. Uh, we, we have uh, a great congregation of ladies who are not just mothers, but they're godly mothers. And man, we are thankful. And it doesn't mean you're doing everything perfect. I know that. But uh, man, that love in your heart and that love and commitment to God uh, and, and the focus upon your children uh, makes a wonderful difference for his kingdom. 
And so if I had a personal message, mother, wife, please uh, it, take that from Daniel in this book to look at these young men, to know that they had uh, godly mothers who were very significant in bringing God into their lives, who focused upon worshiping him uh, and him only. That's what we'll see in chapter three. Uh, story, uh, it, we find in chapter three, I hope you had opportunity to read through it. Uh, it's a familiar story uh, for, for many Sunday school uh, classes. I remember, uh, and I'm not sure whether I'm right in this, but it seems like I, I told this story one night camping with my boys. And we talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, in chapter three. Uh, the story goes like this. Nebuchadnezzar uh, constructed and, and put in place an image of gold that was 60 cubits high and uh, uh, 30 well, let me see, six cubits high and six cubits wide. Uh, the measurements, if we think about a cubit between the elbow and up here to the hand, 18 inches, we're talking about 90 feet high and, and nine feet wide, which seems like a real narrow um, uh, image. Uh, what was interesting as I was reading and studying, there is actually a base just made out of, of, of blocks that, that they found today that still stands and it's more like a pedestal. And it's thought that that might have been the pedestal that, that uh, Nebuchadnezzar set this upon. So it's thought that maybe the image itself was a little shorter with the width of, of nine. It, just, just interesting tidbit uh, I wanna throw in there. Uh, let's get back, getting back to the story, Nebuchadnezzar erected this image of gold and he gathered all the officials out of Babylon together and the scriptures actually named those officials as being the, the satraps the prefects, the governors, the, the advisors, the treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other pro, uh, provincial um, officials to come for this dedication. And, and an announcement was made as they all came to, together, uh, a proclamation. And it basically, uh, nations, every, every tongue, that when they hear uh, the music being played, and also another list is laid out, music played by... Uh, the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music. That that the order was when you hear that music being played, you fall down and you worship the image of gold that Nebuchadnezzar had erected. I want to stop right there just for a second because Lindsay immediately, uh, I think it was even last Sunday, uh, asked me. My daughter Lindsay asked me the question, "What's up with Nicodemus?" Because last week we, we ended off with Nicodemus giving God great praise, right? Uh, matter of fact, if you go back in the passage, he says, hey, uh, your God is the, the, the Lord of kings and the God of gods, and he's a revealer of dreams. And, and with that, he, he laid prostrate before Daniel in, in the passage. What's up with Nebuchadnezzar? And now he's building an image of gold? Well, here, here's some thinking behind that. Well, he, he made that declaration, but it wasn't a, a lifetime commitment, obviously, or at least we know that to be true. Matter of fact, out of chapter two, what did Nebuchadnezzar bring out of that? Well, if you remember, there was the dream of the statue with a head of gold, and maybe that stuck in his mind more than anything else, because here he establishes this image of gold that everybody is now going to fall down and worship. So if Nebuchadnezzar walked away with anything, it's this image of gold that he's now, uh, and, and that's just a possibility that that, that was in his mind in, in this chapter three. 
as uh, as the first uh, sound of all the musical instruments blared out, all those uh, people that gathered uh, prostrated themselves before that golden image and worshiped as Nebuchadnezzar had commanded, all except for three. And it was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and we look and we find out, actually, they weren't out there and obvious, but they had to be tattled on. Uh, a report was made to Nebuchadnezzar by astrologers, your scriptures might say, or might say the Chaldeans, uh, the, the wise men uh, from Babylon back in chapter two uh, witnessed that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they probably had their eyes on them, uh, were not obeying and they were not bowing down to the idol. And so they made the report to Nebuchadnezzar to which Nebuchadnezzar was just enraged and he called for the three to be brought to him. And when they came, when they came before the king, uh, the king immediately asked, please tell me it's not true. Or actually what he says, uh, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you are not bowing down uh, to, to the God or, or to the image that I established when the music's played? And he didn't give them time to respond. Actually, he, he gives them opportunity in the passage. It, it, he, he goes right to the place of saying, now when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, and all these musical instruments, uh, if you go ahead and bow down now, then then uh, uh, so be it. That'll, that'll be good. But if you do not, then you'll be thrown into a blazing furnace, which is, which is laid out as the punishment for not uh, following Nebuchadnezzar's uh, command to fall down to this image. And with that, and, and, and then the last phrase that the king speaks to him, when he lays out that threat, he says, and what God will be able to save you from my hand? I, I wanna read verses 16 through 18. Here is the response from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They replied to the king saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this manner. Uh, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And we will and, and, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. I, I wanna stop the story right there and make my first point, uh, which is this. Life is not a cakewalk if you live your love for God. Life is, is not easy going. Life is not a cakewalk if you seek to live out your love for God. You know, if you live that commitment, if you live that faith in God, matter of fact, we even hear from that from Jesus. If you're going to follow Jesus in this life, Jesus said to his disciples, you will have trouble. As the world has hated me, the world is also going to hate you. Trouble's coming. Now, uh, there is a, a, a doctrine or a theology out there being preached, and, and it is a false doctrine. 
and it, it, it basically says that that if you do everything well, if you are obedient before God, and if you're faithful before God, he's just going to unload all kinds of blessings upon you, and he's going to make you healthy and wealthy, and, and everything's going to be butterflies and rainbows. Uh, and that is that is not the case of what we see in the scripture. It is, I, I could go to a place and absolutely mislead you as a congregation and tell you this is what the scripture says. I could go to Deuteronomy chapter 28 where it lists out blessings. Hey, if you're obedient, but in the context, it's speaking to the children of Israel, that nation that God had created. And before they ever became that nation and as they grew into the nation, here's some of the, the message that, that he laid out for this nation. He, he told them, they said, man, I'm gonna set you above all nations. I, I am going to bless the fruit of your womb. I, you're, you're going to be very productive and, and have children, no complications in childbearing. And, and so are your animals. You're going to have uh, production in your livestock. Uh, in, your enemies are going to be defeated before you. And everything you put your hands to is just going to be blessed. Um, he's he's going to make you the head, not the tail. All that was laid out in chapter 28 and and how easy is it to say, well, that's God's desire for me. And, and it's not. Things have changed. Our covenant has changed. Matter of fact, it also says if there's disobedience to things, it's just all the opposite, all within that chapter 28. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, I just want to remind you of this, they were just a few of, of all those who were brought from, from Judah, from Jerusalem, of the royal um royal company or the, the the young men that were brought in the first uh, ca uh, captivity, into the first captivity. There were four that we could identify who were faithful before God. I don't think it began when they were in Babylon. I think it was before when they were in Jerusalem that they were faithful before God. There were many others who were unfaithful, who, who served other gods and sought. It was the very reason why the, the, the fact that they were they were defiant and they were ignoring God that they found themselves in Babylon. Now, as we think about the three, I don't think that they were flaunting their faith in God. I don't think they were standing in the crowd and everybody hit the floor and there they were in the midst just standing proudly. Uh, I, and part of the reason is because there was a report. It wasn't out in the open, but there were some specific people watching them I, and, and, and possibly jealousy might have been the motivation for them watching, looking for them to fail or to, to uh, do exactly this, to show defiance. Uh, these, these, again, are those uh, wise men, the astrologers from the second chapter. I could see where they would be um, just rather jealous of the four, including Daniel. And, and the fact that the king has elevated them to special places. So they go to the king and they make a report. Maybe that's some of the trouble that you're finding in this world. I don't know, maybe in the in work or, or a neighborhood amongst friends, uh, perhaps because of, 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 of right living, of, of being an exceptional employee, maybe some advantages have been given to you. And, and uh, I, I've heard this from some, that, that there are some jealousy and they're looking for you to fail. They're looking to report you. They're looking to, to, to find cause to, uh, to get you into trouble. So maybe, maybe in, in, in this world, that's some of the trouble that you might even face today. 
Now, the three, their true allegiance is seen in the fact that they are drawing a line. Uh, in a way, they drew a line in, in, uh, in, in the fact that what the king was feeding them back in chapter one. Remember that? Uh, they wanted vegetables and, and it was through uh, more, more uh, of a cooperative spirit where, hey, test us on this, test us and, and uh, see how we do. And, and that worked out well. Uh, but at this case, the only, their option was to, to bow and worship another God or not. And here is where they drew a line. They were not going to bow another God. That was the, one of the greatest problems of their own nation uh, that brought them into this captivity. We're not going to, uh, we're not going to cross that line. We're not going to bow to your idol. I, I thought about some illustrations that might happen today. And right away, I thought about Samaritan's Purse. I heard heard this happen. Many of you might be familiar with Samaritan's Purse. Uh, for us personally, we've been involved with them in putting together the Christmas boxes that goes out to uh, underprivileged children, uh, other nations, and uh, uh, have been doing that for several years. But Samaritan's Purse has done a lot of, of outreach and, and especially in, in the area of medical. And they had set up a tent in Central Park uh, serving uh, in a time of this crisis. And, and hundreds of, of people went through those tents helping uh, the New Yorkers out. Um, but at the same time, the LGBT community protested. They protested their presence. Uh, they were ignoring why they were there and, and, and what, what sacrifices they themselves were, what risks actually, actually the doctors and nurses, that was no expense, uh, no dollars were coming out, uh, was, was coming from New York to support Samaritan's Purse. Uh, it, it, it was just a, a ministry that, that was set up. Uh, but because of the protest, they were removed uh, because they, oh, and, and for this reason, they were a hateful, intolerant bigots. They were hateful, intolerant bigots. That's the, that's the name that they were tagged with. And, and therefore, um, I, I believe they, they still were able to do a lot of good, but they had ideas to continue to help one of the hospitals there in New York, but they were removed and asked to leave. And, and that, that just blows my mind. I, I believe intolerance was very much in, involved in this, but it wasn't the intolerance of the group that was there loving on whoever came into the tent and, and helped them. Now, as we look to love and honor God openly, uh, as, as we promote his love and his gospel, this world is going to bring us trouble. Uh, the second point is really simple and it's what what we know but but I believe it's through this passage what was the benefit of Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and it was this God wants us to trust him uh, bottom line that's that's where the three young men that's their advantage they put their trust and confidence in God and he wants us to do the same in this world and to live in this world to exist in this world with trust and confidence in our hearts Again, the circumstances they found themselves in is that their nation failed, but not them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had what we call an unconditional commitment to God. Unconditional. There's no uh, ifs in, in their commitment. They trusted God and put that on display. Uh, especially 
the, the, the most uh, uh, wonderful phrase or even uh, thought that comes into this is the devotion of these three young men. And it comes when they said, hey, our God can deliver. When they announced their confidence in their God, our God can deliver. And then they said this amazing phrase, even if he doesn't, we will not bow. Even if he doesn't, we will not bow. That's unconditional. That's unconditional commitment that they've had. Um, whether he delivers or not, we are not. We're going to remain faithful to God. We will not bow. Uh, and, and I've heard numerous statements throughout my life and, and even actions of people uh, in, in their uh, commitments. And I would say it's very conditional. As long as God strengthens my marriage, as long as God heals my, my family member, or as long as they, they uh, don't die, uh, there, there's conditions that a lot of us are, are, are even guilty of making sometimes and putting conditions upon God. What Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew about God is he is the sovereign God. He's going to decide, and it's going to be according to his will. And that's fine with us. We're not going to change our faith. We're not going to waver uh, our confidence. If, if, if he saves us, great. If we die because of this, he's still God. He's still God. He's still good. Now, in the story, uh, to finish up the story, in this case, God decided to save. Um, again, going back, Nebuchadnezzar was furious. He was so angry at the response of the three. He said, heat it up seven times more. Bind up the three. And he chose some selected men uh, of his own company and, and had them bind them and then toss them into the furnace. It was so hot, it killed the, the men who tossed them in. And, and uh, I, I find it a, a little curious because Nebuchadnezzar spent some time to go look into the furnace. He, whether, whether what the young men had said, our God can deliver, might have been planted in his head. He said, well, let's go see if your God can deliver. And I'm sure what he wanted to see was burning flesh, but instead he makes the announcement, Did, didn't we just throw in three? There's, there's four in there. <laughs> and, and so... Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in there in the midst, and, and, and the response was, oh, one looks like the, the son of a god, or the son of the gods. And, and so they called out Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out of there, come out of there. And all those officials who were around, again, the satraps, the prefects, the governors, royal advisors, others were there, and they examined the three. Not a hair was singed. They didn't even smell like smoke. Their clothing was intact and not burnt. They were perfectly rescued from the flames as they were called out. Uh, God rescued. God brought his salvation on behalf of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and obviously because of their, their faithfulness. Uh, one of the messages that, that uh, was delivered by Isaiah was to say that God's always going to be there. It was his message to his people that God is always going to be there. Um, Isaiah 43, verse 2. This was well before the Babylonian captivity, but here's what Isaiah said. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. 
I, I don't know whether these three remembered that. that. Those were one of those verses that you hold on to and, oh, God's going to deliver. He's able to deliver. Might have been the reason they responded the way they did. What do you hold on to? Where's your, where do you put your confidence? I think in scripture, Paul laid out for us something that we could hold, hold on to as well in our days of trouble, in our days of difficulty. When we're faced with, are we going to be faithful or are we going to shy away? Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? What's, what's the answer to that question? Who shall separate us from the love of God? Verse 839 says, 38 and 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, or nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are His. Do you understand that? We are His. We belong to Him. Uh, it, 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 is, uh, it, it is a wonderful place to be able to put our faith, our commitment, our, our, our full attention upon a God who loves us incredibly and has delivered to us that no matter what we face, that's never going to be removed. We, we could put our confidence and, and our faith in, in a God who, who, has, man, who has put that all together for us. Can we stand confident today in front of those difficult challenges, in front of uh, uh, threats and, and name calling? Can we stand for him today? Absolutely. It's never going to be removed. One other point I want to make before we're done is this, that people around you need to see what faith in God looks like. People around us, people in this community, people in the, the neighboring community, your neighborhood, the place where you go to school, the place where you work, people around you need to see what faith in God looks like. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar needed to see it. Not once. He's having the opportunity to see it twice. And the second time, uh, he, he again responds in this way. Verse 28 says, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted him. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar says they trusted in his God and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. Wow, what a testimony. Again, Nebuchadnezzar, is this life-changing? I don't think so because of what we see coming. But, but man, was it a testimony to anybody else? quite possibly. Maybe some other Babylonians. But even more so, I think about the ones who've come along who spent their lives maybe falling down to other idols even in, in when they're in Jerusalem. And now they see four and the specific God of Israel who, who, who defied the king's orders and stood strong and put their faith in God. When they returned home from Babylon, when they returned to, to rebuild Jerusalem, they were stronger for it this discipline they were under. And they needed guys like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to stand and be a testimony of the God who, who, who the God of their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of their nation, who has always been true and faithful, even though they have not. And so in this foreign place, God is being seen both by Babylonians 
and by uh, Jews alike that he is the true God. Big G, not little g, non-existent uh, little g, but the God who exists, who created all things, who is powerful and wants to be involved in our lives. That's that's really is an amazing story and love to share that with, with so many people. People need to see your testimony. They need to see your faith that is living and active and a commitment in God. Let me review some of the things I think is so important to bring out of this story. First of all, to know that this life is not a cakewalk. It's you're going to find troubles in this life if you live your commitment, if you live your love for God. God wants us to be faithful to him. God wants us to trust him in our everyday. Even those circumstances we've, when we face those difficulties, he doesn't want us to, to, to live a conditional life, but an unconditional uh, trust and confidence in God. And people around you need to see what faith in God looks like. There's people around us that need to know Jesus. We love and we continue to serve and seek God's goodwill and his pleasure in this life. Man, God has a message for us every day, doesn't he? He has challenges always before us. Let's, let's just go before the Lord right now and, and pray that he strengthen us to live the kind of faith as the example is set before us today. Father in heaven, we praise you. We thank you always for Jesus. Uh, we thank you for the, the covenant that we live under, that our trust, our confidence comes in what you've already provided us provided us, that helps us to avoid the, the, the punishment of eternity. Lord, we, we praise you that today our confidence could be uh, there placing you, even in those moments of difficulty, and, and no, even if our prayers aren't answered and, and trouble still seems to find us. Lord, we can know that you are a faithful God, that you have our future in your hands. And that, Lord, we could, we could live today with confidence and a certainty that our God is able to deliver. Our God is, is the only God who, who we could put our faith and trust in. Lord, strengthen us as your people. Help us to grow. Help us to love. Help us to go outside these walls and to deliver such a, mother, such a, a, a love and such a commitment before others. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray, amen.